That is, uh, gosh, that is just such a great song, and it's so appropriate for what we're talking about today, this whole thing of, uh, it's kind of fun, actually, in the early service, because they were all nervous, afraid I was going to say some crazy thing, like, you know, if you voted for Obama, you're going to go to hell, or something like that, and... um, and, uh, and obviously I did not say that, or, you know, if, you know, W is an idiot or, you know, some kind of thing. Um, the truth is, I don't know if you know this or not, but you do, I mean, there is a law. And, and this year, somebody, one particular church, and I can't remember where it was now, I think it was California, was threatened. And they may have lost it, I'm not sure exactly what happened on that, but you can, as a church, actually lose your tax-exempt status if you take a political stand. And, um, and yet, I, I, the thing I don't understand about that is I do know an awful lot of people who do, uh, ministers who do say, you know, you need to vote for such and such on both sides. And, um, and yet, I, I've never known it to happen. So I'm not sure how all that works, but I've always tried to, um, tried to well, I'm a moderate anyway, but, but I do have some strong political opinions. I just got through finished, uh, just finished reading uh, Atlas Shrugged uh, by Ayn Rand, and it was... I'm probably more of a capitalist than I've ever been, but um, um, at the same time, I've always been in a church where we had people on the left and the right, and you know, while I don't mind arguing with anybody, that's not what we want to do on a Sunday morning. We want to see what the Bible teaches and, and go from there. And so this morning, that's what I want you to see. I'm going to start off by just telling you this one statement, God is greater than the government, and we know that. I was going to show it to you, and then, and then what we need to do is just figure out, okay, since that is the case, not if, since that is the case, how then do I respond to that? How do I live? And that's what I want to show you. So, but let me just make the case first, very quickly. One passage of Scripture, there are many, I'm going to use one, uh, just, just to show you God is greater than the government. One of the passages that I like uh, to go to for a lot of different reasons, and especially this one, is Isaiah chapter 40, just a few verses, follow along. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. Always an interesting verse to me. Here this was by Isaiah, what, six, seven, eight hundred years before Christ. And he's already saying the earth is round. And there were people in the 1400s who didn't read Isaiah 40. You'd understood that, Christopher Columbus. Anyway, um, it is he who sits above the circle, or some Bibles read the vault of this in the ancient Hebrew scriptures. Okay? Fascinating. It is he who sits above the, the vault or the circle of the earth. And it is, it is the, the uh, inhabitants are all like grasshoppers who stretch out in heavens like a curtain, spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Now watch this. He it is who reduces rulers to nothing who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted, scarcely have they been sown, scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth, but he merely blows on them, and they wither, and the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me? that I would be his equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars." we just heard so wonderfully sung about. Uh, The one who leads forth their host by number, he calls them all by name because of the greatness of his might, the strength of his power. Not one of them is missing. There you go. Now, you dismissed, you can leave, right? There it is. God is greater than, no, God is greater than government. That's it. I mean, I mean, it's just God is greater than the government. Now, the real question then, because of that, 
what is my responsibility if I'm a person who, 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 who claims to be, who maybe desires to be, or maybe is thinking about being a follower of Christ or a, a person of faith in Christ? What is my response to that? How, what's my responsibility to that? That's really what I want to just give you about four very quick things on that. Four or five. I didn't even, I didn't even number them for you. Uh, four things very quickly. Uh, so what's my responsibility then? Since God is greater than the government. Number one, be respectful. Be respectful. Um, let me show you this. This isn't, this is, I'm going to take, break that down for you two ways. First, be respectful of the king. In our case, we can maybe say the president, or we can say those who are in office. Watch this. This is Second, excuse me, Second Peter chapter two, verse thirteen. For the Lord's sake, respect all human authority, whether the king as the head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you which was apparently happening in the first century. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love your Christian brothers and sisters. Fear God or have reverence for God and respect the king. And he's writing this roughly at a a time in history when either Nero is about to become the the, uh, emperor of Rome or he has just been named the emperor of Rome. Nonetheless, none of the quote-unquote Caesars were a picnic in the park as it is. So, I mean, they're not, they're, they were all pretty, pretty rough guys for the most part in Rome. So, he's not, he's not, it's not like he has some wonderful, impeccable example, just honor the king. He's saying the position needs to be honored. Now, let me just say this. We can have our disagreements on politics, and we can say, you know, we can think in our heart that W was the worst president in the world or the best president, and we can think Obama is going to be the worst or going to be the best. But whatever our view is, I believe the Bible teaches we need to be respectful. And I've got to tell you, even if I don't particularly like whoever the sitting president is or a, a particular senator or congressman, when I hear people making personal statements of just, well, they're an idiot, or they're stupid, or they're, you know, uh, you know whatever, the, you know, it just, it never does feel right to me. And uh, even though they, may, they might be a corrupt individual, some of them have been. Some of the leaders are, okay? That's not the point. We're talking about the position, and there needs to be a, a degree of respect for that position. Doesn't mean you can't disagree. Doesn't mean you can't constructively criticize. Doesn't mean you can't get in an argument about the policies, but there needs to be a degree of respect, according to the Bible. All right, for the, that's for the king, president, leaders. All right, that's the first thing. The second thing about being respectful, though, be respectful of the law. Now, I want to show you a passage. To me, it's a pretty simple passage. Some people they get all whacked out on this passage and they say all kinds of ridiculous things. This is your lucky day because you're going to hear the correct interpretation of this passage. And we'll just leave it at that, okay? Uh, so, just, you know, you can just thank Jesus for that. And uh, here we go. Uh, it's Romans chapter 13. Now, you'll see what I mean here when we get into this, uh, where, where some people go with this. Uh, Romans chapter 13, verse 1, Everyone must submit to the governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Then do what is right, and they will honor you. 
The authorities are God's servant sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. And he just adds this. We'll just read it. Pay your taxes, too, for these same reasons. <laughs> for government workers need to be paid. They are serving. Of course, they didn't tell us those taxes would be like 60%. No, anyway. Um, commentary, forget it. Uh, they, they are serving God in what they do. Give, do. give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. Give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Okay, here's where people get whacked out on, this, on these verses. They say, well, when you go back, anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling. You know, they get, they get, a, little, you know, they get a little crazy. What does that mean exactly? And some people would even take the view that our founding fathers were in sin because they rebelled against the authority of the time, England, and therefore they should not have done that. I don't hold this view, but some people hold that view. I mean, I, I know people that hold it. I don't, anyway. Um, and, and here's the thing. The Bible makes it very clear the government is here. It only assumes one thing in the Bible for the purpose of the government. And he says it right there. He said it also back in Peter. And that is, it's here to protect the good and punish the evil. That's what the Bible teaches. Protect the good, punish the evil. I mean, you can add some other stuff in there, but you have to at least see that. Okay? Now, think about that for a moment. If you believe in protecting the good and punishing the evil... You could still go a whole wide spectrum of arguing in terms of, well, that means if you're going to protect the good, we should have universal health care. Or you could say, well, if we're going to protect the good, that means we shouldn't have, you know, you could take the other view of that too. So you see, there is no biblical position that says, well, you must be a Republican or you must be a Democrat. We can, there's a wide view that we can disagree on what it means to protect the good and to punish the evil. There's a wide view of what we can do. We can talk about welfare. We can talk about, um, uh, you know, the state, you know, and schools. We can talk about whether every kid should, should have a, uh, be entitled to a college education paid for by the government. We can go a whole, different, a whole bunch of different places with that argument and be on different sides of that issue or several issues and still say, but I still believe the Bible teaches protect the good, punish the evil. Punish the evil, we could, we, could, we could argue, okay, that means that, that you take people who are evil and you put them in jail and you throw away the key. And you have no mercy. Or you could say, no, it means you've got you to have some mercy and some compassion at some point in time. Some would say, no, you, and you also, under certain situations, you need to exercise the death penalty as well. And some would say, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. I still believe in punishing. You, you see what I'm saying here? You can go a lot of different places in disagreement and still come back to what the Bible teaches in saying, it's protect the good. It's punish the evil. That's why there's a wide diversity on this whole thing. That's why I, I, I don't think you can get too crazy and say, well, my position is right on this, and so-and-so, he's this and that. So, so there you go. You know, Thomas Jefferson said this about the whole purpose of government. The care of human life and happiness and not their destruction is the first and only object of good government. Taking care of people, the, you know, protecting the good and pre- punishing the evil. C.S. Lewis, I, know I wanted to quote C.S. Lewis, not, well, because I love quoting C.S. Lewis, but also because, I mean, he's, he's, he's an Englishman. So this isn't an American concept that I'm talking about, and I want you to see that. So here's C.S. Lewis, and he says this, It's easy to think the state has a lot of different, o- has a lot of different objects. 
military, political, economic, and whatnot. But in a way, things are much simpler than that. The state exists simply to promote and to protect the ordinary happiness of human beings in this life. A husband and a wife chatting over a fire, a couple of friends having a game of darts in a pub, a man reading a book in his own room or digging in his own garden. That's what the state is there for. Unless they are helping to increase and prolong and protect such moments, all the laws, parliaments, armies, courts, police, economics, excuse me, economics, etc., are simply a waste of time. So what I want you to see here is when you read Romans 13, it doesn't mean that we don't question, that we don't challenge, that we don't respectfully criticize. It doesn't mean that if we break the letter of the law, in, in my view, as I understand this, and, and there are who would disagree with this, but it doesn't mean that those who break the letter of the law are somehow in sin because they broke the letter of the law. They violated code 100345 of the, of the, of the IRS code. You know? I mean, if, that was, if there was intention to mislead and cheat and lie, that's certainly a sin. The trouble is when you start equating laws with sin or not, it's a very slippery slope that I don't really care to get on. Let me show you why. Th- these are extreme illustrations, but we're just have a little fun with it, okay, very quickly. These are current standing laws. Uh, honest to goodness. And, and uh, somebody found these for me, and these are amazing. I just hit a few of them, all right? These are, these are honest laws, in the, I mean, just right now, standing in the books of these states. In Alabama, it's illegal for a driver to be blindfolded while operating a vehicle. In Alaska, it's illegal to push a live moose out of a moving airplane. We have a pilot down. You, you, did, you need to know that. Uh, um, I know you've probably been thinking about doing that. Uh, in, 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 Cal- in California, community leaders passed an ordinance that makes it illegal for anyone to stop a child from playfully jumping over puddles of water. Only in California. So you see, you, see your, you see your kid playfully jumping over a puddle of water. Well, you, you can't do that. No, you, it's illegal. You can't stop them from doing that. California. I love Florida. Florida women may be fined for falling asleep under a hairdryer, as can the salon owner. Indiana. Bathing is prohibited during the winter. I've been to Indiana. They need baths. Um, they... Uh, and New Mexico, this is another one. I've been, I've been to New Mexico several times. Females are strictly forbidden to, to appear unshaven in public. That's a law. That's actually a good law. That's a good law. You know? <laughs> That's terrible. Um, uh, Texas City Ordinance states that a person cannot go barefoot without first obtaining a special $5 permit. Let's get closer to home. Just two more. Pennsylvania. This is really a good law. This is a current law. I don't think it's enforced, but it's a current law in in, in Pennsylvania right now. No man may purchase alcohol without the written consent from his wife. (laughs) Guys, we are in some deep trouble, aren't we, guys? (laughs) Man, can you imagine that? Hey, honey, I need to go buy a bottle. Last one, New York. I got to do one from New York. New York City. This is going to really, some of you people are going to really, you're going to feel really uncomfortable with this. A fine of $25 can be levied for flirting. This old law specifically prohibits men from turning around on any city street and looking at a woman in that way. <laughs> a second conviction for a crime of this magnitude calls for a violating, the violating male to be forced to wear a pair of horse blinders wherever and whenever he goes outside for a stroll. It's not a bad law if you've been in New York in the summertime. Um, Listen, 
they're fun. They're, they're, these are, they're silly, obviously, and I'm being extreme, and I realize that, but I want you to see this. When you start picking apart letters of the law, and you start comparing that to, well, this is sin or is this sin, you don't need to go there. The one thing we know Romans 13 is teaching, the one thing we know that it's teaching is that there needs to be not just a respect of the king, but a respect of the law, and there needs to be an attitude for those of us who are followers of Christ that I will have a respectful attitude toward the law and toward its agents. Okay? Are there some who are abusive? Yes. There are, there are abusive people in every line of work, including pastors. Does that mean I still shouldn't show respect? No. That's the one thing we know Romans 13 is teaching, is that there needs to be a respect of the law, particularly for those of us who claim to follow a higher law, that of God's law. That's the one thing we've got to take away from that and not get hung up on all the little minutia. But it's, it's about attitude. You know, you get stopped for, you know, rolling through a stop sign. It may be silly, but you don't need to sit there and berate the police officer, even though he may be, you know, a little over the top and full of himself. You know, and, and, you, and, and it goes right on down the line. And, and, you know, obviously the Bible teaches we should respect everyone. So that would include people like that as well. So that's the thing we've got to stop and really stop and think about. The Bible assumes that the purpose of the law is to, and, and government is to protect the good and punish the evil. Now, that's the first thing. Be respectful. Now, the other ones all follow right along with that, and I can cover them very carefully. The second thing that I would say that the Bible teaches, be thoughtful. Be thoughtful. All I'm saying here is when you understand this, um, be thoughtful about it. You, you, you seek ways to try to... This is something that I don't think enough believers do. Seek to harmonize your political beliefs with your faith. Seek to do it. And again, we can still disagree on a lot of different government programs and issues but, and still seek to harmonize my belief system with my political beliefs. Ayn Rand... You'll be hearing a lot of quotes from Ayn Rand, even though she was, by the way, a, 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 I mean, she was like an atheist, but an amazing writer, amazing novelist. Uh, she said this, thou shalt think. Kind of like that statement. Especially when, you know, and that's the thing about when we get to politics. Look, disagree with whomever you want to disagree, but think about it, for goodness sakes. You know, and, and, and you know, I have a friend, he, he and I disagree on just about everything politically. But I have such a high degree of respect. For him. He thinks about it. And we can sit there and discuss it. And then we disagree. We have a different philosophy on many different issues. That's fine. It's these idiots that just go out and vote and then have any idea what they're... I'm sorry. It's these people who go out and vote and they don't have any idea what they're doing. They vote on some superficial thing. Well, you know, he's just a veteran. Well, he talks well. Well, those things are important, but I hope you're going to base your vote on more than that. Um, think. You know, just think and, and try, to, try to harmonize a person's political views, particularly those who you're voting for, with what, with what your beliefs are in your faith system. It's hard to do sometimes. You've got to dig a little bit and you've got to read a little bit more than just, you know, you've got, you got to listen to more than just Rush or something else. It, it, takes, it takes a little time, you know, and you've got to read something besides Fox News or CNN. But other things, a, lot, a lot of things are, are, are available to us to, 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 to do that, right? So be thoughtful. And then the third thing I want to say is this, and I want to take you somewhere. Uh, and and I'm, I, I put this in for me as much as I did anybody else. Be comforted. You know, I'll be real blunt with you. I see some of the things that are happening now, and as a pastor, I'm very concerned. 
I mean, living here where we live, I'm very concerned when I see, and I understand why they're doing it. I'm not, I'm not being critical of any person or any system, but when I see uh, potential bonuses being taxed the way they want to tax them or E being eliminated by the government, and I see uh, uh, tax, tax exemption being limited for those who give over a certain amount of gifts, that scares the crap out of me, I've got to tell you. And, and, and it angers me a bit as well. But, I mean, that's, again, I'm, I'm showing a little bit of my politics here, and you can certainly disagree with that. And there's, there's no problem. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be very, I'm looking at this selfishly as a pastor of a church in the Northeast with a whole bunch of folks who work on Wall Street. Um, so I'm, I'm telling you my bias right there, all right? But at the same time, what we have to do is, what, is that what, what am I going to be comforted about? One thing I do on a more superficial level is I get with my, my, my friend who disagrees with me and stuff, and I say, comfort me. Tell me why they're doing this and, and help me feel better about life. And he always does. And sometimes I don't agree with it, but I feel better anyway. So, uh, so, that, so that's outstanding. But the real comfort's not going to come from whether you agree or disagree or like, you know, the politics or the, the tax code or the uh, whatever it is the government wants to do next and, and, and so forth. The real comfort's got to come from something much deeper. And, I, w- and, I, w- and I, would, I would take you back to that passage. Remember that passage we read a few minutes ago? Here it is. He it is who reduces rulers to nothing who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted, scarcely have they been sown, scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth, but he merely blows on them and they wither and the storm carries them away like stubble. i got to tell you, I'm just old enough to have lived through, I haven't counted, but I was born, I guess, under Truman, right? 1950, Truman was president. Um, is that right? Um, and I remember in 1962 going to church and hearing how this, apparently our pastor was, a, I, I guess he was a Republican because we heard stories how JFK is elected, you know, the world's going to end and, and, and we're all going to have to be Catholics and, and, and you know, we're, we're all going to be Northeastern blue bloods and, 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 and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I started wearing Nixon pins, you know, and Nixon and Lodge pins. And like I'm 12 years old. I'm like, wow, man, you know. Somehow we survived. And Kennedy even did some pretty cool things for the brief time that he was, he was president. And then, you know, Goldwater. Yeah, I see all these things and, oh, this, this guy, he's going to, oh, the world's going to come to an end as we know it, you know. We're still here, you know, and, and we're still doing pretty good, you know. And there are some things we're facing now and I don't like and I don't understand and you don't like and maybe you do like or, or whatever. I mean, none of us like it, whether you, whatever side you're on. None of us like what we're facing now in terms of the economy. But if we take our comfort from anything but the fact that there's a God in heaven and he's not asleep, then we're going to be in deep trouble. And you're going to be all over the place. So be comforted because God's still there. And, and you say, well, I don't understand some of the things that God is allowing. Hey, listen. The older I get, the less I understand about some of the things God allows. But I trust God. Last thing. Let me show you this. I almost, this verse. I almost missed this verse. The other thing that comforts me is, is Proverbs 21. I love this verse. And I used to quote it all the time. I haven't quoted it in a long time. Proverbs 21.1. The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. That's comforting to me. And I've, I've thought about that in terms of other, not just presidents and congressmen, but even people that are, that are maybe in charge and maybe your boss. You know, go over his head, pray for him. You know, 
really want to tick him off, tell him that. I'm praying for you, and I'm praying for God to direct your decisions in the right way. Yeah? I just, you know, what the heck? What? They can't fire you for that. Well, they, I don't know. Maybe they can. Be comforted. Last thing, be smart. I didn't, I didn't know of any other way to say that. Just be smart. And here's the thing, that just very quickly, and I've already said this, so I'll just, this will be very quick. Um, if we've learned anything in the last six months, it is that neither capitalism nor socialism, nor big government, nor little government is always going to get your back. It's, none of them will always be there for you. you need, if you don't know that, let me just tell you that. None of them will always be there. I'm a capitalist. It's not always going to be there for you. And there are many inequities in a capitalistic system as much as I believe in it. And socialism's not all, it's not, never always going to be there for you. You need to understand that. God will be. And let me show you three things in closing. Real simple concepts. Three very simple concepts. Here they are. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Romans three, or Proverbs 3. That's the first thing. Second thing comes from Isaiah. Trust in the Lord always. For the Lord God is the eternal rock. He's not, he's not there just for four years or eight years or, you know, 80 years in the case of some senators. He's there all the time, you know. He's there for eternity. Okay? Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal. Last thing, Jeremiah chapter 17. Blessed are those, happy are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. Why? They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. (laughs) Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. You want some some groundedness in your life, some foundation in your life? Well, don't trust the Republicans and don't trust the Democrats. You better trust Jesus. You better trust God, because he's the only one that's going to always be there for you. We do what we can do. We vote. We challenge. We work for people if we can. But at the end of the day, we still have to trust God. Whatever side we're on, it's the same God. And he loves us all just as much. And we thank him for that. Let's pray. Thank God for that. Lord, Lord God. We're living in just insanity times, just insane. We don't, we don't know what's happening. Thank you, God, that we have you to lean on and just to say, God, I don't understand this. I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. But then I don't know what's going to happen anyway. I'm just more aware of it now, and I'm going to just have to trust you, my God, my Lord. We thank you that Jesus came and lived and suffered and died and rose again, and and we celebrate that in a couple of weeks. We thank you that he has come to give us the ability to have access to you, our God, our, our, our Lord, our Creator. And now we pray for the ability that it takes to trust you daily with our lives, and with our futures, and with our, with our money, 
We thank you for that. In the name of our Lord, we pray. Amen.